Hi, good morning. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, my name is Sarah, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I've been a member of this church for about three years. And I've been given a rather interesting challenge, where, uh, which I've never done before. I have to preach to both adults and children at the same time and somehow engage everybody without anyone feeling left out or patronized in any way. And I find that quite difficult, to be quite frank. I've, you know, I've done a degree in theology. I can talk to adults and you know, pretty much give a, a lecture, and I think I can talk to kids sometimes. <laughs> um, but, uh, but to engage both is, is quite a challenge. Um, and I actually found that was quite a block for me when I was preparing for this. Um, and I took it to the Lord, and I really felt like Jesus uh, was reminding me that he says that we are instructed to learn from children. That's in his word. He says, let the little children come to me and he says that he tells us to have faith like children. We're expected to learn from them. So, grown-ups, if this feels a little bit silly or childish, you're meant to learn from it. <laughs> All right. Great. Now, I'm going to need a, a volunteer, preferably a child, to be uh, a king. Who would like to come? What's your name? Jack. Would you like to come forward? All right. This is your crown. There we go. If you could just stand up on this step here for me. And you get a golden scepter. As you can see, this is very high budget. Um, <laughs> the PCC gave me £2 million pounds for the, the production. So as you can see, I've, I've spent it wisely. Great. OK, so I'm going to tell a story. Jack, you're going to stay there for a little while until I tell you what to do. Is that all right? Okay. Great. Thank you. Oh, I forgot one thing, one very important thing to help us with this. I've uh, made you some eyebrows. <laughs> if I can get them on. Would you, would you mind if I put some eyebrows on you? Is that all right? <laughs> so you're going to be really... There we go. <laughs> I had so much fun preparing for this. You, haven't, you can tell. All right. Thank you, Jack. Great. So... <laughs> All right, so a long time ago, in a land far, far away, there lived a king. The land was called Babylon, the city was called Susa, and the king was called Ahasuerus. But I can't pronounce that very well, and I certainly can't remember it, so we're going to call him King Grumpy for short. Okay. Now, King Grumpy wasn't very kind. Sometimes he got grumpy. In fact, one time, his wife... Queen Vashti refused to come when he called her, so he got divorced. And she was no longer allowed to be queen. True story. Sometime after the divorce, he asked one of his servants to find him a new wife. They brought a few women to his court for him to select, and he chose the one that was most beautiful, and her name was Esther. So, King Grumpy, can you go choose yourself a wife from the audience, please? <laughs> You're going to put this on her head. <laughs> now, oh, wow, you look beautiful. What's your name, darling? Amy. Amy. Wow, that really suits you. Grand. Now, Esther was not actually from the land of Babylon. She was actually a Jew. 
Her parents had died when she was a little girl, and she'd been raised by her uncle, Mordecai. But she kept all of this a secret. Her uncle had told her not to tell the king that she was Jewish. This was because there were a lot of servants and officials in the king's court who didn't like the Jews. In fact, one day, one of the advisors to King Grumpy decided that he hated the Jews so much that he asked the king's permission to have them all killed. What do you think King Grumpy said? He did. He said yes. Now, remember, Esther's Jewish, but the king doesn't know this yet, all right? Esther, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> oh, I think that says it all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, her uncle, Mordecai, suggested to her that she goes to talk to the king about it, to, you know. Uh, but there's a little bit of a problem here. Nobody, not even the queen, is allowed to visit the king without him first calling them. So if you go and approach the king on his throne without him first summoning you, you're going to get killed. Luckily, there was a special law that if the king was happy to see you, he could stretch out his golden scepter, like this, and that would pardon you, and that would save your life, all right? But remember, this is King Grumpy. <laughs> do you think he's likely to do this? Hmm, what are the odds? Hmm. So, of course, Esther at first decides she's not going to do this. But then she gets a message from her uncle Mordecai, which is going to come up on the screen. <laughs> I'm reading from the message. Don't think that just because you live in the king's house that you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent at a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from someplace else. But you and your family will be wiped out. Who knows? Maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. Now, Esther was afraid. But, after thinking about it, she sent a reply to Mordecai. Go ahead and get all the Jews living in Susa together. Fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, either day or night. I and my maids will fast with you. If you do this, I'll go to the king, even though it's forbidden. If I die, I die. So, after fasting and praying, she approached to the king. Approached the king. Amy, will you come with me? Amy? Hey, do you want to come with this way? Okay. Now we're going to walk up to the king. And what do you think he's going to do? Do you want to hold it? Yay! Well done. <laughs> Esther was then able to invite him to a fancy dinner, and she prepared for him his favorite food. Esther. Can you give the king, come here. Can you give that to the king? <laughs> hey, hey, well done. You can keep that if your parents will let you. <laughs> now, <laughs> she was then, after his stomach was full and he was very happy, she was then able to ask him not to kill all the Jews and that she was in fact a Jew. And because of her courage in approaching the king, that is how Esther saved her people. Thank you, king and queen. You may now go down. Can I have the wooden spoon back? But you can keep everything else. That's yours. That's a gift. And you get to keep the eyebrows too. 
<laughs> Thank you, darling. Do you want to keep it? You can have it if you want. Well done. Thank you. Bye. Yay. Sorry. Now, kids, do you think Esther was courageous? Yes. Do you think she was also afraid? So does having courage mean that you're not allowed to ever be afraid? You see, I actually think courage doesn't mean that you're never afraid. What it means is that we're facing our fears when God calls us to, or when a situation calls us to. It's not about not being afraid or pretending to not be afraid. Courage is the strength that we get from God to face our fears. I've been a Christian for 19 years, and if that's one thing that I've learned in this 19 years of being a Christian, it's that living in relationship with God is not boring. Sometimes it's weird. <laughs> and it's actually, see, my friends are laughing because they know me. <laughs> it's actually a big adventure. Sometimes God calls us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone. Sometimes it's to grow and stretch us, and other times it's to bless us or benefit somebody else. It might be something small, like approaching a person who makes us nervous, or in some rare cases, we are actually called to risk our lives for him. Esther literally risked her life. She said, if I die, I die. She regarded her life as less important than, was what, what, than what was at stake. Now, this might seem really radical and over the top, but we need to remember this is actually how Jesus lived. We know that Jesus was afraid before going to the cross, but he still did it because he loved us. Psalm 31 verse 24 says this, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. But how do we actually live like this? Surely these are impossibly high standards, and we certainly can't be courageous all the time. But here's the trick. Our courage comes from the Lord, not ourselves. Our courage comes from God, not ourselves. The first thing that Esther told her uncle Mordecai was to fast and pray. She knew that she could not do this on her own. She needed God to be her strength. Remember, courage is not the absence of fear, but the strength that God gives us to face our fears. The Bible says that God is our shield and protector. From my experience, I would say that being in relationship with God is both the safest and the unsafest thing you could ever do. It's unsafe because he's constantly calling us out of our comfort zone but it's safe because he is our safety. He is the source of that strength that allows us to face our fears. Whether we know it or not, it's him who gives us courage. So, next time we are facing something scary, don't think that courage is trying really, really hard to not be afraid. Instead, talk to God about it. Pray. Let him be the strength that you need to face your fears. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love little children. Thank you, Lord, that you call us adults to learn from children. Thank you, Lord, that throughout the generations, you call us to be courageous. Thank you, Lord, that you are our safety. Thank you, Lord, that you are our strength and that you are the one who gives us the boldness to face all that we are afraid of. Help us, Lord, to step out in action, especially in this season as we're exploring 
how to do that. And Lord, I pray that you be the source of our strength and courage always. Amen. Thank you.